And we're live, folks. Welcome to the second episode of Who Cranked Up the AC with Austin and Christian. That's me. That's us. <laughs> and uh, we hope you all had a lovely New Year's Eve and New Year's Day quarantined inside, not doing what you would usually be doing. What did you do for New Year's, Austin? Uh, I had a glass of really um, cheap white wine with my family. <laughs> and... Uh, Watch. Oh, I actually played Mexican train dominoes. Have you ever played that? I've actually not as a Mexican. <laughs> might be a little shameful to admit, but I don't, I, have not. I don't know. My grandma, I guess, plays it. She got Annie into it, and Annie got it for Christmas. So they showed me how to play it, and it's really fun, actually. Very nice. Yeah. Very cool. I'll have to, yeah, we'll have to play that in chess because I know we've been meaning to play chess. Yeah, right? chess is, has been my thing lately. Um, I, but on New Year's, I, I played the role of bartender, actually. Um, yeah, my dad got a really nice bartending set for his birthday this year, and so. Uh, but I've been the one to use it mostly, so uh, that's been a lot of fun, bartending What drinks were you guys making? Uh, let's see. Well, my dad actually, I, I, I had, he, he had the honor of making the first drink of the evening. He made a Cadillac margarita, and then I took over after there. Uh, Jameson and ginger ale has been a favorite of mine. I made yeah, Jameson's very good. Favorite I like Jameson when I'm drinking. <laughs> um, and then I made a whiskey sour. I made an old fashioned. Old fashions are very good actually. Using Maker's Mark is a uh, chef's kiss there. Um, what else? Bay Breeze. I don't know. I just sort of went through the spectrum and whatever my mom wanted really. Um, she was she was uh, very much at the bar and was like, "What do we have next? What do we have next?" Back when I used to drink uh, more, I, nowadays it's like maybe once every few months. Yeah, yeah, I really don't. I, it's just not something I'm into as much. But you know, occasionally that that day will come along where it's like New Year's Eve and you, you got to toast with something, you know. <laughs> but uh, when I did drink more I actually like this thing called have you ever heard of like a mind eraser a mind eraser it's no one that sounds like an AMF it's one part Kahlua one part uh, vodka one part um, tonic water spice bubbly I mean uh, water huh and um yeah, I like that and uh, with Kahlua, really? Yeah, with Kahlua, and I drank that and like whiskey, pretty much or rum. So those are the main ones. Rum is rum is good. Do you like uh, brown rum or white rum? Any kind of rum? Are you a rum guy? Um, my girlfriend would kill me because she's Puerto Rican and rum is she's she's like Bacardi all the way. But I I don't know. It's Cuban too. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, but she's just saying that like rum is, is traditionally what they drink. But oh yeah. For me, I, I'm i more of a whiskey guy, whiskey Wh or a bourbon guy. Whiskey is better to drink straight, but if you're mixing something like eggnog into the mix, you want rum. Really? Aged rum is, I feel I like, think, yeah, like a has, spice rum. has extra flavor to it, like the brown rum is like aged in like oak barrels oftentimes. Yeah. <clears throat> and you mix that with like some cinnamon and nutmeg. Hmm. And a cup of eggnog. Dang. I have I didn't have that this year, but last year I drank that. Uh, I knew just the right amount of nutmeg and cinnamon yeah. to mix in. It was like the perfect drink. It was tasty as hell. Who would have thought this podcast would start with uh, just a <laughs> mixture of different, a cocktail, if you will, of different drinks? Yeah, I mean, hey man, you were the one playing bartender, man. That's that's, that's fair. An that's interesting fair. conversation to have. Now let's just jump right into it. It's a new year. You all probably have resolutions. So, I didn't want to have a debate about this. I wanted more, like, whenever I have conversations about religion or politics with people, I always like to make it a goal to find common ground with them. 
So I, I wrote down these questions that I thought were good conversation starters for us so that I could get a better idea as to where my friend Christian's head is at with these things because, uh, you know, as they may not know, you're, you're more religious than I am. And my family shares the same religion as you and I, sure. I you know, love you guys. So mm -hmm. this is more just to kind of find, like I said, common ground. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one is what is your definition of God? And what I mean by that is there are obviously many different ways of describing God, even among Christians. Mm -hmm. um, like in the Bible, if you read the 82nd Psalm where they, it, the verse literally says, I tell you, you are all gods. Uh, or when Jesus mentions the 82nd Psalm in John, when they're trying to accuse him of blasphemy, he says, isn't isn't I tell you you're all God's written in your law and he's referencing the 82nd Psalm and they can't stone him at that point because they know he's right and my point is that definition of like we're God's body kind of an idea mm -hmm. is a different definition than the God that in the same Bible but in a different book is condoning uh, slavery or uh, the murder of the Amalekites in a war or whatever that's going on at the time. Um, and of course, Hinduism leans more towards the concept of God that's in the 82nd Psalm, which is like their, the way they would describe it is we all have kind of the fragment of the Brahman or the Godhead kind of in us. It's like the underlying truth of reality. So I guess what I'm saying is how would you, like as a, as, as a modern Catholic, describe your view on God pretty much? Right. Well, let, let, let me let me clarify first um, in that I am religious in the sense that I believe that there is something bigger than us out there. Um, I would classify, my, classify myself as Catholic because that's how I, how I was raised. Um, however, I would say that I don't follow it as as closely and I don't practice it maybe as traditionally as as somebody who would say that they are a fully devout catholic would would say it. that being said going back to to what i said about i believe that there's something bigger than than us out here i am also of the mindset that you know religion and science can coexist i think i'm going off into a bit of a tangent here oh no, man like but like as long as you bring it on home man, yeah, it's not yes. a tangent <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. I, I, I believe that, that um, you know, a, God for me, in, in a sense, is sort of... Hmm. God is love, like that Bible passage <laughs> kind, of, kind of is your vibe? Or? Sorry. Th this is all going to need to be edited in some, in some fashion. Ah, man. But, but, <laughs> but what I'm trying to... Um, I believe in a divine plan. I believe that things happen for a reason. And for me, maybe that, that's what God is. God is... is a set sequence of actions and um you know that there that things happen for a reason in our lives um fuck i'm having a really hard time do you think god is in everything kind of like the albert einstein way of looking at like more pantheistic more hindu or or kind of even like the 82nd psalm in the bible would just how i could yeah be a description of god yeah i i think i i think everybody sees god and everybody interprets God in their own fashion. I don't know that there really is 
I guess what I'm interested is and is your interpretation specifically, because I think the viewers might be interested in just hearing a more nuanced perspective. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, so I remember going on a retreat when I was younger. Um, it was it was a Catholic retreat with my church, and I've they, gone on those. Yeah, yeah. As as mo- as a lot of Catholics tend to do. Um, and one of the things they that they said is that you know God can be a very personalized person for you. And for me, during that retreat, I decided God for me is like an older brother. He is hmm. so when I when I speak to him, whenever I I pray, um. I speak to him as if he were an older brother. Many times, whenever I'm asked to say grace, and my I mean, my family's cool with it, I usually address him as Lordy Lord. I'll just go, Lordy Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Um, I don't know. I feel like I speak to him, and my relationship with him is a very personalized one. It's and not. It's not one of like fear and reverence as some might address their God more yeah. like strictly and solemnly, and mm-hmm. like they go to church and it's like either a courtroom. Or like an old-fashioned right. sort of palace. Yeah, because I, I mean, that that to me has never made much sense. Like, I don't know how there can be, how you are supposed to love and cherish and respect a God that you also fear and who will smite you at any moment. You know, like, does that make sense? Right. Like, it just. And I'm and I'm not I'm not a believer in God. I'm I'd say I'm more agnostic atheist, as you know. Mm-hmm. But with, like like a more spiritual leaning I mean like Sam Harris is a guy that got me into one of the guys one of the sources because there were a few different sources that I can break down later but he was one that kind of revealed that you can be spiritual and do things like meditate and stuff and not necessarily have a faith in a God but that being said I know that I don't know what I don't know you know and you got it you got to just acknowledge that at the end of the day sure but uh but we were talking about what what I will say is that um, the most logical descriptions that I've heard have been ones where God isn't isn't like that 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 tyrannical figure. Obviously, ones where God is more like he has a sense of humor. I think if there is a God, then he has kind of one hell of a sense of humor. I mean, looking around at the world today, but you got to admit it, it can get pretty funny sometimes, man. (laughs) Like all the chaos can be, I mean, sometimes all you can do is laugh or cry. And so it is like really intense humor, you got to admit. But another way of describing God that I've heard Alan Watts talk about, a guy who I don't fully agree with necessarily, but I I like a lot of what he had to say, um, as we mentioned in the last podcast. And he said what if you know god he kind of talked about this at one point he said you know what do you mean by god you could mean a lot of different things you could even mean that it's like a source of energy that you tap into like electricity almost yeah maybe not so much of like this mind that even necessarily answers prayers i mean they're very different there's a deistic view there's a theistic view and then there are a bunch of different sub genres within that that could fit into it yeah but yeah your your view is definitely more nuanced i would say yeah so there's there's a concept and actually no i don't want to speak on it because i don't no no speak speak on it it's cool we can fact check it if you want um there's an a concept or a, a a i don't even want to call it a faction of catholicism but there's this idea of of a postmodern Catholicism, and for those who may not know, postmodernism is the idea that there isn't just one truth. There isn't a, a big truth out there. There's 
multiple truths. And obviously, it seems and kind all of different expressions. Exactly. The same thing. And it's 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 kind of weird to think of an idea of there being multiple truths in a in a religion that has traditionally praised one big truth. Um, right. But from my understanding, or I'll, I'll say my interpretation of postmodern Catholicism, it's really more the idea that like you can Catholicism is a very personalized thing and 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 your relationship with it and your relationship with God is is a personalized experience and it's okay you know like the you not everybody needs to be sitting in the pews solemn and and um you know uh listening with the intent that like okay this is like I'm going to take everything that the priest says as as word and as scripture and like yes we are all all essentially interpreting the same text um but i think your relationship with those words and what is being said is personalized you know like there i remember there were days where i was going through something rough and i would be sitting in church and the priest would be speaking on something i was like wow of all the different things he could be talking about like this speaks to me in a certain way and it speaks to my um it speaks to my circumstance coincidentally um you know for me i would see it as like okay i was meant to listen to this like there's a reason why i'm listening to this um and it gives me a little bit of solace for the rest of the day or at least some some what is it called some validation um which always feels nice but like that has been my relationship and my the way that i've practiced my catholicism i guess is uh is just a very personalized approach. And that's how it's worked for me. That's not how it works for everybody, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, everyone everyone needs that kind of sense of community in their life. Mm-hmm. And also, some sort of a ground to stand on. Otherwise, you're floating through space. You need something to keep you grounded. Spiritual, I mean, spiritually would be a good word to describe it, but I'd like to think of it as something physical, too. You know, your body feels better even when you're more relaxed and when you're more in tune with your true higher self, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess this is an okay lean into my next question, which is what would you say God's origin is if if you would say he has one at all? And I know this is maybe more of a hot button question. But I'll I'll give it some background. Sure. So well, the the idea being that I mean, and and, and we th- talked we talked about this before the podcast. So Christian kind of knows where I'm going at with this. But what, yeah. just so the viewers if, if, know, um, yeah. what I am saying, like there's a line in the God Delusion uh, by Richard Dawkins, um, which which um, you know I read a while back. Where but this is one line that I like to mention a lot because it's just intra- It's an interesting theory where he says. To him, it was more plausible that maybe there's an alien species that have evolved to have God-like status. Um, but the difference between a being from a species that's evolved to have these, these abilities that to us seem like God-like, you know? The difference between that and the God that most people would believe in when practicing religion is that is that one has an origin that can be explained by natural selection and evolution, which... To me, I think I think that has to be something in the story of all living life forms. You know, you you there needs to be some evolution and and natural selection in the process of how you came to be. 
Um, I wouldn't say that if you're coming at this from a nuanced perspective, that necessarily disproves what, what you're trying to say, but it definitely raises a big question, like where, because for me, that's, that's one of the biggest questions that I would have in these kinds of conversations is where, in your opinion, Christian, would you say God's origin is? What, where, what, what could he have come from? In, in your creative um, thinking when, sure. when you approach this? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's, it's hard to say because if, you're, if, you're, if you come from a traditional, if you're looking at it from a traditionally Catholic point of view, then you would say, well, God has no origin and that's right. sort of the end of the discussion. Right. But you're, you're looking for an answer and, and, I, and I get that. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know I don't know that I fully comprehend or understand the whole God has no beginning and he has no end either. Um, so I don't know how much of an explanation I can really give. Maybe it connects kind of to what I was, where I was going earlier, which is that I believe God, religion and science can coexist and that, you know, I can totally see that there was a big bang and maybe there was, maybe God set forth this big bang to and, create the And universe. what you said earlier also that you thought maybe God is a sequence of events, mm -hmm. like, like, you know that that in of itself is kind of the explanation of how he could have gotten there yeah yeah exactly I, but but it would be interesting for me to hear maybe specifically how you think like if if maybe there is another dimension out there that he it's could have possible. come out of i mean i sure yeah, I, mean, I, I mean i don't know that i fully buy the whole alien species that has evolved <laughs> to be godlike i think that it's an interesting thing sure to, to look, an interesting way of looking at it because evolution, if you think about it very literally, like evolution is, and natural selection are involved. It's the process of like pretty much how every living thing came into existence. Mm -hmm. So it's not really a huge leap to say, okay, well then if there is this all powerful being out there, yeah, he had to have come from somewhere, evolved from something mm -hmm. or some species or something. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of hear more your take on that specifically on the origin side yeah, of things yeah and like what maybe what could his origins be I think if anything, we we'd be throw. Oh, what's the expression? You're throwing blindly throwing darts at a dartboard, basically. <laughs> I guess I that's mean, what this this part of the podcast is. <laughs> I, just... I guess. I mean, I, the thing is, I don't know. I don't know that many theories. I, I, and if any, if I could postulate one, it would just be that God is a series of events, and the mm. Big Bang is one that I could possibly see. You know, connect. You know, I I, I believe in evolution, but I could also see a connection between like. If there is God, then God could very well have set forth these series of evolutionary events to bring us to where we are now. That I, I and he see, could even you would say he could even be like kind of one with those events. Sure, absolutely. Like that's the thing is it's I think I think the idea is called scholasticism, if I'm not mistaken, and it comes from from the uh, the Enlightenment period, if I'm not mistaken. The, it was sort of around the time where there was the turn around the turn I, I don't know I don't want to talk out of my ass either but like um, these are just things I'm remembering from like no, history it's, lessons it's in high interesting school. I want to hear it. Um, but scholasticism is essentially that idea um, that science and religion can coexist that there can be science um, that can be studied and understood and is valid that can also be set forth and can be explained, or maybe not explained, 
um, but can be set forth from a religious standpoint as well. You know, God could very well have set forth the plans and events and um, ways in which we have come to be and come to exist now, you know. Um, We talked about earlier also the... I I brought up the imitation game and the the scene... uh, the scene at the very end where they've cracked, you know, the Nazis code and they find out that there's going to be attack on a bunch of naval boats and they have an ethical question, an ethical dilemma to face. Do they send out a warning to these boats that they are about to be attacked or do they not say anything to the boats with the understanding um, and with the strategic plan to keep their uh their cracking of this code a secret because obviously if they warn the boats the nazis will know okay they've cracked our code we need to change it up they don't say anything the nazis are none the wiser but they can now the 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 allies can now proceed with um with this information and they can now know for future reference what the nazis are going to do the reason i bring this up is is to say that you know maybe things happen in life for a reason I'm a big believer in that concept and the idea that things happen for a reason because I just think that it's it's too the world is too grand and the and things happen way too coincident or no way things just are funny you know like I think we were saying earlier life is funny life is the world <laughs> itself can be funny or sad or sad on how you look at it you got to look at it through a certain perspective and that's what I'm gonna give you credit for is that in like I was saying earlier, you know, you could throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are obviously parts in the Bible that even you would say aren't the word of God. You you know, mm-hmm. like the parts that that condone slavery. We were even watching a video of this character in a show that Christian watches. Want to explain his character? He's like a, a Christian guy, but he he still like was giving crap to this woman who was anti-gay mm-hmm. um and he was like oh well it also says in exodus that um i can stone my brother because he works on the sabbath so and you know yeah and all the people that play football they're touching a pigskin which in this other verse in the bible is says that he's unclean and so we need to i mean so are we going to cancel football or can they play as long as they wear gloves mm-hmm. you know kind of like like okay um and this is going to lead us into another thing, but uh, there there are other truths that are more metaphorical to you in that same context, like the blood of Christ. You were saying earlier, even like, and this is another hot button sort of topic, but um, you can look at it more as a metaphor than necessarily literally becoming blood. And even Christian was yeah. was saying that to me. Earlier. And that's just personally my relationship with it. You know, I think traditionally. Catholics believe that once the once the priest blesses the the bread and the wine the then the host and the cup and the chalice of wine become or and the wine within the chalice becomes the body and blood of Christ for me I've just never been able to make that literal connection so I see it more as a metaphor and I think for me that's what works you know I still believe that I receive a metaphor of the body of Christ I personally don't drink the wine um, oh yeah, especially not now during oh yeah the pandemic. Well, I mean, I haven't been to church in a in a while. You guys don't have I'm mass really on the grass. Mass on the grass? No. That's uh, what my my parents go to mass on the grass. It's like outdoor church. Gotcha. Yeah. No, we haven't. I mean, we we'll watch. We like we'll watch the the TV mass sometimes. Um, they do that too. Yeah. yeah. I'm um, really condemning myself, which and I'll give this a preface to. Um, 
I think that's the right word. Again, again, we don't have to edit any of this out. It makes us look more human. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Christian's like, I regret nothing. I regret, <laughs> I regret nothing. I regret everything and nothing at the same everything time. Everything and nothing all at once. Um, so people obviously in America have been having a conversation for some time now about removing statues of slave owners. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is very similar to the fact that there are literally parts in the Bible that condone slavery, that say homosexuality is an abomination and you know stuff like that and the question comes about you since you are a catholic and you know i have catholics in my family who are asking us a similar question of how do we get more young people involved in the church and i would say how would you tackle this this clear issue that needs to be addressed within the community like would you remove it from the bible like we were talking a little bit about this earlier but i think this is a good thing to include in the podcast or would you just add annotations in in like a new edition of the bible since there have been multiple editions of the bible made over the course of history already it's not that much of a of a stretch to say make a newer more progressive edition for for this millennium yeah. But how would you how would you tackle that issue? Because there are clearly, like we were talking about earlier, there are parts of the Bible that I think you and I would both agree are not the word of of God. Mm-hmm. Clearly, because because they don't hold up to our morality in this day and age. So, right. I, and obviously, people say we in in the religion, people that I've talked to who are Catholic or Protestant, they say you know well that that's like a part of the story because it gives you back background into the history of of the people that were writing it but i would just say remember you say this is the word of god like written through human hands so if if you don't think that's the word of god then how do you address the parts that you don't think are literally the word of god written through human hands how would you again like i guess what i'm just saying generally how would you address that yeah i i don't think i don't think removing it from the bible is a good idea i just don't think the idea of censorship um or just censorship by pretending that it wasn't there in the first place is a good right. idea because I right. think I think you're ignoring the and not you specifically I'm thinking just no I'm, you I'm broadly no yeah um and because I I think it's just pretending like it didn't exist and I think that's ignoring an entire part of history an entire part of um truth essentially meaning truth in the sense that like this is this is what fact, people thought this is what people thought this is historically what this is what was in the Bible, you know? Um, that being said, I think adding those annotations, adding those footnotes, demarcating... Okay, I understand this part sounds pretty terrible. Um, but it is still... We are still keeping it here for the purpose, for historical purpose, for learning purposes, for you to understand this was, in fact a part of it we understand that this is wrong and this doesn't hold up in our current uh in our current day and age um but this i mean we're not going to pretend like it wasn't here yeah what you were saying earlier i think was more leaning towards the annotation yeah idea like yeah. let's annotate it so that people know this is not what we believe in anymore obviously yeah and there's no confusion with the radical people that are just looking to take things to the extremes right and i think it needs i think it's important to have that discourse the, the thing is it, it really i don't know that i see that happening because i, I feel like i'm a i'm a fairly liberal person i'd like to be progressive right um 
but I also understand. Woo, woo, that wind. What? Oh, that was my bandana on the table. It just blew on the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> Keep talking, though. What are you saying? Um, that I also understand that I am... That there aren't many people in Catholic leadership that are that are open to making those kinds of changes, you know? Um, I, I don't think many people in Catholic leadership, with the exception of, of, of the Pope. Yeah, the Pope is like the biggest rebel there is in the Yeah, Catholic he's Church. been very much forward-leaning, and I think he that... said He said he didn't believe in hell something oh, like wow, that like that. in a literal in a literal sense hmm. you know he 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 took a much more nuanced approach to fire and brimstone yeah that that you know surprised a lot of people sure said a lot of things like and if anything that i mean i think the appointment of uh pope francis is a big step forward in attracting a lot of younger people and they kind of had to pick that more nuanced guy after pope benedict yeah did you see Man- did you see the the two popes on Netflix. Um, I need to check that out. I it's, saw the preview for it and I was like, "Damn, that looks good." <laughs> and, then I, and then I didn't. I didn't. I, there are so many shows to watch. That's yeah. the problem. No, I you agree. have a Netflix account and you have like unlimited. Not unlimited. If you have Hulu and Netflix, you basically almost have unlimited you access have to no time to, to watch any. Yeah, you don't yeah. have enough time to to keep up with the prescription the subscription thing. Yeah. My girlfriend likes to rag on me for that. There's so many recommendations, so many things like, oh, I'll get to it. Yeah, it's and like, why pay for both accounts if you don't, if you literally don't have time to watch everything both those accounts have to offer that you would want to watch? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it comes use, down to like, you know. Well, I use Netflix for how my movies. Shows, yeah, how Hulu many shows? For my TV shows. And, I was going to say, how many movies and TV shows do you really use on those sites a month? Because that's what it comes down to. If you're not watching enough a month then it's maybe not worth it's just comforting honestly it's just comforting no, yeah, to but have so, but some <laughs> the people options. don't but some people like in the past i've paid for hulu and, and netflix and um or actually i just paid for hulu and i used somebody else's netflix but but basically uh it, it was like i i literally just paid attention to the i suddenly realized after months and months i was like i don't i literally don't have time to watch all the shows that are on my watch list and that's like not that many shows by the way I'm not I, I didn't go overboard it was like maybe a few shows for each I didn't have time to watch more than maybe two shows at a time because that's a lot of time and if you're watching like four shows all at once that's a big time vacuum uh, it is, yeah, that's it is. objectively a time vacuum <laughs> but um, bringing things back Let's my next bring yeah, it town. I wanted to take it back to the difference between extremism and uh and a more modern approach that you're taking. Um, it kind of leads into... I mean, I also wanted to mention that, yeah, the annotation is kind of similar to this to this view on the statues of slave owners that somebody had where they said you should put up statues of all the slaves they had <laughs> around the statue so that you have to walk through, like, miles of slaves to get to the sure. statue of George Washington. Or and so what, what you're saying is the place the, the you need to putting make, up of those statues would be the equivalent of saying well it, it would be the equivalent of basically saying this is not the word of god yeah. the rest of the bible you, we you know it would be like if they said the rest of the bible we think is but these parts that are in red are just are just examples of how the time is different and not everything they said was the word of god inspired and written through human hands like yeah. that kind of a thing sure yeah I well, because I think what we were t- the the initial 
thing that you were talking about was like people people are saying you should take down uh, these statues of, of former slave owners and significant slave owners as well in our history. Yeah, George um, Washington had like hundreds. Sure. Like a lot. Yeah. A oh lot. yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's it's not a very well kept secret that our founding fathers were um, slave owners. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they were advanced in other ways. Thomas Paine was a deist, and he believed in universal basic income. Mm-hmm. Just one example. I mean, Thomas Paine was ahead of ahead of his time in sure. a lot of ways. Oh yeah. But um, extremism is very alive and well in America, not just in a religious sense. But obviously, this week, what was happening with with the Republican extremists storming the Capitol, as you might describe it, mm. with you know breaking into Cong- House of Congress, am I the not? the the Capitol, which the Capitol. houses both the Senate and the House of Representatives. Yeah, and uh, just wreaking havoc, and then people online saying, "Oh no, that was secretly the liberals." Which why would we be doing why? that? Why would we be doing that? over this issue they i mean it, it just it was secretly the liberals secretly that's, it was the liberals that's yeah fascinating. my point is yeah there are extremists on both sides oh yeah i mean and taking that over is no different in ideology than taking over various parts of washington or whatever and saying this is a police free zone and socialism and you know, blah 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 we're overthrowing the patriarchy like that's all the same flavor that's all the same tone of like of just I'm not listening to you, you're and you're not listening to me, and we're at war. Like that's not what we want to have. We don't want a civil war, so we need to come together more to try and find peaceful solutions. Obviously, but then the question comes about how do we do that? And uh, don't ask me that question because I honestly really. <laughs> I mean, we need. I mean, I think the answer is a more. I don't want to say centrist because I'm not really a centrist in a lot of my ideas, but a more moderate, more rational approach to things rather than one tied to emotion. People, these people that are like storming the castle and all that, they, they're clearly emotionally more tied to these things than they are rationally tied to these things. Mm-hmm. They think that, you know, the liberals are taking over and the liberals think, oh, the Republicans, they're impeding on our freedoms man or you know whatever it's like we all need to come together though and figure out kind of like the purpose of this podcast people need to come together more to try to find common ground otherwise nothing will ever get accomplished nothing will ever move forward there will be no progress of any kind Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's i think that's a good note to end the podcast i think so too well said all right folks um Thanks for listening. Uh, we're sorry that it took us a little while to get back into the action, but uh, we're just trying to make this as good of a podcast as possible for y'all, for all like 16 of you listeners. <laughs> Hopefully it's 18 this week. We're keeping our fingers crossed. And uh, we were going to have my grandparents on, um, but unfortunately Tommy Lasorda died. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Sandy Scully. And Sandy of, uh, Scully, all in, Scully. The, all in the same week. Um, and they were very personal friends to my grandparents, so it's it's a hard time for us, uh, for them especially. And um, yeah, we're gonna have to just postpone that for maybe next episode or two or three episodes from now. We have no idea. We're not gonna plan on it for sure. We're just gonna go with the flow of the Dow. That's right. And uh, we love you all. Stay up and keep trying to find common ground. That's the theme of this podcast, I'd say is. You know, not we do not all agree, but we're all one. 
and we need to try to find things that we can agree on and creative ways to move forward as a society living together as one okay thank you <laughs> also 